0: Can you believe that? The Colorado Buffaloes under Deion Sanders are once again the biggest story in college football. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode, Emergency Style of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view post Colorado upset of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and mostly team free Conference of Champions, which is currently kicking butt in college football all across the country. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, please, and thank you. Share the show wherever you listen to or watch it. Today's special episode is Brought to you by game time create an account use code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase holy smokes Colorado did that I didn't think they were winning that game I didn't think they were going to win either of their power five non-conference games somehow you know the most amazing thing about all this Nebraska went and pulled a full they went full Nebraska Colorado just pulled the upset of the day in the country I can't wait to see the television rating on that because as it started to boil and you realize, hey, Colorado's doing something here, everybody had to be tuning in. This was the greatest offseason experiment in college football that we have ever seen. And yet Colorado is still looking like an underdog on FanDuel against Nebraska. It's two and a half instead of nine and a half. Now it came down a lot after they saw this game, which goes to show you Vegas knows a lot. They clearly don't know everything. Last year in this conference, UCLA was a 20-point favorite against Arizona, lost outright. TCU moved up to being a 21-point favorite by kickoff. They lose this game outright to Colorado, and Deion Sanders blocked out all the noise. He's used to it. He loves it. He enjoys it. His press conference, I, I can appreciate how he felt in his press conference. He was calling out uh media people saying, hey, I saw what I saw what you wrote. You believe now, what you think about that? Like he was taking a victory lap in there. And guess what? I understand it. Because when I'm right on something, guess what? I come on here and take a victory lap. <laughs> and and by the way, I'm not dealing with an eight thousandth the amount of criticism that Deion Sanders is. So I, I completely understand it. But what what a moment for Colorado fans. I mean, this is just The justification, the culmination of an entire offseason that was nothing but tumult and criticism and turnover and change and unknowns and unpredictability, and it all materialized on the field in week one. And I don't care if you were a diehard Colorado fan. Well, I mean, I'm sure there were some that felt this way. But even people who were more optimistic about Colorado than me coming into this year, I thought they would be an improved football team. I thought they were a three or four win team. I landed on three, I could have seen four. That looked like more than a three or four win football team because they were so well coached on one side of the ball. The other side, not not quite as much, but I'll, I'll get to that and break down the game and everything that we saw, including what we saw from TCU and where Colorado falls in the hierarchy of the Pac-12 teams a bit later. But that, that was so surprising. And I mean, for all the people, who don't like Deion Sanders. There are people in the world who hate Deion Sanders. I'm somebody who's like, eh, he can be a bit much sometimes. He he really can be. But I also understand what he's doing. Right? It's like Draymond Green in the NBA. A lot of people hate Draymond Green. A lot of people love to hate Draymond Green. I, I don't necessarily love Draymond Green, but I don't feel the way others do because sports need him, teams need him, cultures need him. And I understand what he's doing. And that is Deion Sanders here. He has shifted the culture. People didn't like Lee Corso talked about on college game day this morning. I don't like what he's doing there. Don't like the way he went about it. You know what? If you're going to create change sometimes, you have to ruffle some feathers. And I think what Deion Sanders looked at in this Colorado program is, I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be your football coach, which is a lot closer to a parent than a friend. Sometimes a parent has to put their foot down and say, no, you're not doing this. You're not going to like me for it, but you don't understand why this needs to happen. And that's what Deion Sanders has done to this program. And so they are light years ahead after week one. It is still just one game. We got to see it. There's 11 more to play in the regular season. And Vegas, for some reason, is still doubting them. And by the way, if you're confused as as to why that is, number one, you can always, you can always, Go bet Colorado plus two and a half next week in, in Boulder. Heck, it looks like an appealing bet right now. I tweeted out uh, midway through the second quarter. If you can still go get Colorado plus nine and a half, go find it because that's free money. That's what it looks like based on how Colorado performed versus how Nebraska performed. My goodness, that's a huge, huge discrepancy in the outcomes there. But everything that Colorado has done just paid off in week one. All the, 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 the media following them around and taking attention and players in the portal and everything like that, it was all justified way quicker than anyone could have expected. Even if you were an optimistic Colorado fan, did you think they were winning this game? Because if you thought, right, like I went through, did my schedule predictions, I didn't think they were winning this game, I didn't think they were beating Nebraska. I need to let I need to let this sit and marinate a bit to see if I feel like they're going to do it again against the Cornhuskers next week. But boy, Nebraska didn't do anything that makes me feel good about them. But if you before the season disagreed with me and said, "No, I think they're going to beat Nebraska," I understand that Nebraska is a rebuild, just like Colorado. And the talent for Colorado, boy, sure looked a lot more impressive than Nebraska through through one week, didn't it? Nebraska loses 13-10. to They give away the game. They play great defense. They don't play great offense. Colorado the opposite. I tell you, if you put those teams together, you'd have a top 15 football program (laughs) right now. But the reality of the situation is, of course, that's not the case. Again, I'll get to that a bit later in the show. But they're going to be the number one story in the country. They should be. They have earned it. People like me didn't think they'd be this good. Didn't think they'd beat Colorado. Guess what? Here they are. Here they are with that win. That is a statement and a half. And they should get to enjoy all the spoils. To the victors go the spoils. And Colorado is the victor today. And they absolutely, positively deserve to relish in this, feel good about it, and feel optimistic about the future. Also, boy, they look like they belong in the Big 12. (laughs) Not that we in the pack are playing, you know, just incredible defense everywhere you look. But... Boy, it looked like they bought in the Big 12. Just defense, optional. Special teams, disaster. But what can you do? Throw it up and down the field. Move the football, score a bunch of points. Uh, just a- a- absolutely amazing, amazing stuff there. So uh, the Pac-12, by the way, just generally speaking, uh, as I record this, uh, this live reaction, is having a really good weekend. <laughs> I mean, uh, Stanford looked really good. I mean, they were playing Hawaii, but again, still. Uh, Arizona State did not look good, but no one expected them to. Utah looked really good. Washington is currently up by 30 points. Oregon hung 81 on Portland State. And those California Golden Bears, can I I call them my California Golden Bears, are up 48-21 on North Texas right now. Just saying. But anyway, back to Colorado. This is just going to elevate the profile and the hype machine even more Joel Klatt on his Monday podcast is going to be in some kind of a mood. he was on the call for the game and I can assure you the moment he took off that headset and went to go with his back to the truck and leave the stadium and everything interview people I guarantee you he's jumping for joy because that's a Colorado fan and they've waited a long time for this and at some level I am happy for bus fan bus fans because I don't like when a fan base has to endure misery for a long time, right? Everyone's got to endure down years. That's the reality of sports. You have to endure tough times or else the good times just never seem as good. But what jersey am I wearing right now? The Seattle Mariners. And the Buffs have been the Seattle Mariners of college football until now. It's a new world. The Mariners are competing for a division title and Colorado just went on the road and beat TCU. Absolutely bonkers. How did they do that? Well, it was through one guy in particular, and we got to talk about Shador Sanders, but let's not forget about the guy who made some amazing, amazing plays in this game. You can make amazing plays with game time, and that's getting tickets to whatever you want. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. It shouldn't be. And game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You could have gotten a ticket to TCU in Colorado if you want. Good luck trying to find one for Nebraska and Colorado next week. I bet it'll be a sellout. I'm sure almost certain it is. But if you're going to find one, game time is the place where you will Get it. Their game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 100% of the difference. Download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on college for $20 off. Your first purchase terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code locked on college for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Boy, I tell you. I am so juiced up for college football to be here. And what what a day. What an absolute day. You know who had himself a day? Shador Sanders. So he set a Colorado single-game record in his first appearance at the Power 5 level. And they had four receivers go over the 100-yard mark. That's a Colorado record. You talk about making a statement. Like That, that, that is just a statement and a half. And I tell you what, the untold MVP of this game is Sean Lewis, the Buffs offensive coordinator, because the defense wasn't good. It was bad. Like Chandler Morris, the TCU quarterback, he was not good. He made some throws, but man, he missed a lot of throws. Shadur outplayed him top to bottom. I was way more impressed with Shadur Sanders who I thought made good re I'll I'll get to him in just a sec Sean Lewis has established an identity with this team that team is well coached on offense the offensive line played way better than anybody thought they would better than me better than Joel Klatt thought that was kind of the big question is like okay you got the skill positions mostly figured out but what what about everything else well Dylan Edwards is a stud Travis Hunter is a stud Shadur Sanders is really good they couldn't run the football worth a lick and guess what they still put up over 500 yards of offense Shador Sanders was really good. But Sean Lewis, that was a well-schemed, well-designed, well-called offense. They were good situationally. They were explosive. They were versatile. They took what the defense gave them. He did an outstanding job. What a great hire from Coach Prime. He did an outstanding job of having them ready to go. They've got a clear identity. They know what they want to do moving the football. I was really, really impressed. Now, on the other side of that coin, TC's defense was straight-up bad. It was really really bad but guess what colorado's not going to play a great defense every week i mean that that's this that's what this narrative is going to be now right for people who are just staunchly anti-colorado i i would consider myself as a a doubter but not a denier because i am looking at the information here which is new information saying okay that's a much better football team than i thought and later in the show i'll talk about whether they're a pac-12 contender but that TCU defense was putrid. They were bad against Michigan last year. They were bad against Georgia. Like, I know those are big time heavy hitters more than what Colorado is even probably capable of. But I mean, that was embarrassing from, from TCU on your home field. Shador Sanders was very, very impressive, but he shouldn't have been that impressive. Like there were a lot of open guys and they missed some throws, but I I thought Sanders outplayed Morris by, by a lot. Shador Sanders in this game, my goodness. I, I mean, my goodness. Now, some of you might be coming into the comment section and say, Spencer, you are a doubter on Shudor Sanders. No, I was a question asker. I ask questions. There's a difference between asking questions and having doubts. I doubt that UCLA's quarterback room is going to be good enough to make them a Pac-12 contender. I had questions about Shador Sanders making the jump from FCS to power five, even though he was a blue chip quarterback recruit coming out of high school, the same way I had questions about Cam Ward last year when he played at Washington state. But that question got answered resoundingly today. Was the TCU defense good? No, that's still a power five defense. And he was on the road. (laughs) He was 38 of 47, 510 yards. Like, are you kidding me? five 510 yards he got some help from his skill position guys yards after catch no doubt but his decision making he did not throw a pick he was sacked a few times he got back up time and again His his decision making particularly early in the game and joel clatt was talking about in the broadcast was superb he did not force the issue he allowed sean lewis the offensive coordinator to do what he was trying to do and that's allow him to settle into the game and he settled in, he took what the defense gave him, and then he started to take shots. And then they hit explosive plays. But he was poised, he was mobile, didn't break contain in the pocket when he didn't need to. But when he had to, he did. He showed off the arm strength, which we knew he had. I was really impressed. I was really, really impressed. Because I thought he did everything possible to help Colorado win that game. <laughs> That's why they won. Because they did not run the football. Did not run the 34 carries for 55 yards. Now that's factoring in uh, Shador Sanders taking sacks. I don't really understand why that's you know entirely a, a part of it. So if you take that out, it's 29 carries for 84 yards. It's still not great. Okay, they did not run the football well, and, and that's again a question for t- for for the Buffs going forward because we came in this year saying okay they got some skill position pieces, but what about the offensive line? Well, the offensive line held up more than well enough in pass protection because they threw for 500 yards. They did not run the football effectively. Did not do it. You are not going to be able to get through this league one-dimensionally. I think there are a lot of defenses in the pack that are better than, than what you've got uh, at, at TCU because they were just really, really bad. Big 12-esque, uh, you could say. But uh, four players, excuse me, over 100 yards. Uh, but, I mean, Sanders... He, he executed, he made the right reads, he executed the throws that he, he need to. Um, and when I said executed the first time, I meant in key situations, third down, fourth down. Like He was making plays when he needed to. He was making good reads, made smart decisions, didn't force the issue, gave his guys a chance. I, I mean, that, that, was, that was really, really impressive from, from Shadour Sanders. Uh, man, Boulder has to be on fire right now. They, they have to be absolutely on fire. I know that locker room is. I know Coach Prime is. But goodness gracious. And speaking of a guy who's on fire, I don't know how his body temperature isn't 200 degrees because he played like 100 and some odd plays earlier today. Travis Hunter, you talk about being worth the hype, living up to the billing. Holy smokes. It was 105 degrees on the field in Dallas today. His conditioning is unparalleled from anything we've seen from a college player this year. That's the first thing. The second thing, he wasn't just playing on both sides of the ball. He wasn't just making an impact on both sides of the ball. He was the best player for the bus outside of quarterback on both sides of the ball. And that is a remarkable, remarkable thing. Like, sometimes five stars don't live up to the hype. And then there's Travis Hunter, who definitely did. I mean, that that was just eleven catches for 119 yards. And he had the diving interception on the goal or near the goal line. And he broke up several other passes. Like it got to the point in that game where every time Chandler Morris threw and Travis Hunter was the primary defender, you were asking yourself, what in God's green earth are you doing? Why are you throwing to him? And Klatt said at one point in time, I think it's time for, uh, for Bryles, the offensive coordinator now at TCU, who did not have a good day, frankly. I know they put up 42 points, but goodness gracious, two red zone interceptions. That was a disaster. One of them was an amazing play. But again, that was a disaster. So at some point, you needed to go to Morris and say, okay, stop throwing a number 12. Just stop. <laughs> he was so good. And it was, it was pretty crazy to watch um all all day long Dylan Edwards the four-star running back commit for those of you who don't think stars matter it's a it's a tough day it's a tough day because that's a four-star running back and he looked like it and that's a five-star two-way player and boy did he look like it that was that was an amazing football game like just as a college football fan you can tell I'm fired up because (laughs) I am fired up like that was so fun to watch I was on the edge of my seat I was watching multiple games all day and that one was so compelling. And for Colorado to have pulled that off is just going to ramp up the hype machine. Like Dion is everywhere. Dion is in every single ad break they had during the game. He's all over game day with segments. He's all over social media. He's everywhere. And guess what? This was the point. And I didn't think they would have a landmark win like this for a couple years i thought they needed to maybe you know get a couple recruiting cycles in there because they were starting their roster from scratch and look they, they clearly again it's week one so one takeaway reaction now could feel a little bit different later in the season the offensive line held up in pass protection but make no mistake about it they are not as of week one a good team at running the football and that starts with the offensive line because we know that they've got talent back there. I thought Wilkerson looked great. A buddy of mine texted me said he reminds me of Isaiah Pacheco on the um, on on the Chiefs in the NFL. And then Dylan Edwards had five catches for 135 yards and three touchdowns. So it's not like there isn't talent there, but the offensive line run blocking wise, and Coach Prime talked about that, has to improve. So what does this mean for the rest of the Pac-12? It means you look at Colorado differently. Now, make no mistake about it. This was an upset. This is an upset victory. Was not supposed to happen. I know you're going to have people come in. Man, you're just a hater. Man, you're just doubting. You're just, okay. You just, all right. Like, I, I, I know there's comments you're going to come in. That's okay. I can live with that. But Vegas does not set lines to not make money. They are not setting light. Vegas doesn't doubt you unless they have reason to. And they doubted Deion Sanders. And they doubted Colorado for this game. So when you look at them still being an underdog as of now, I bet the public will end up moving the line because everybody and their mother is going to bet Colorado. Everybody and their grandmother is going to bet Colorado. It's plus two and a half last I saw. I bet you that moves. I bet Colorado will be favored by the end of the week. But Vegas still thought maybe they'll change their mind that Colorado was not on the same level as TCU. Now it's interesting that that happens with TCU because that's a team that Vegas couldn't figure out last year either on a neutral field with Michigan. They were a seven and a half point underdog. And guess what? They won outright. So maybe Vegas just doesn't know what to do with TCU. Maybe they're just completely clueless on the Horn Frogs. Sometimes there are teams they can't figure out. Clearly they undervalued Colorado for one week. We'll see what happens in week two and what is going to be a highly anticipated showdown. We've seen the opening act, but what's the plot? The opening scene might be great, but if the plot and the conclusion to the story are no good, you're going to forget about that opening scene pretty quickly. So once you get into Pac-12 play, it's obvious Colorado is a team that is not dominant in the trenches. Shador was sacked a couple times, but I mean, that's not why I say they're not dominant in the trenches. It's just like, it's not as if he wasn't under pressure at all. They just threw the ball a lot because they couldn't run the football. So this is a one-dimensional offense that has high-end talent. Edwards, high-end talent. Uh, Jimmy Horn Jr. had 11 catches for 117 yards and a touchdown. Xavier Weaver was over, 100, was over 100 yards receiving. So they've got the quarterback. They've got receivers. I think the running backs are solid. I didn't see anything from the tight end position, but obviously not essential. Put up 45 points on the road, eh? <laughs> you're good. Like, that'll do. But this is a Colorado team that I certainly now expect after having seen that. I mean, just by lieu of winning one game, I expect them to win more than, than three games as I predicted early in the season. But I don't expect them to suddenly be a Pac-12 contender. And And come on, Colorado fans, give me all the hate you want. But that is a team that beat a pullback team in TCU, still a remarkable feat. I spent the first 20 minutes of this show gassing them up because they absolutely deserve it. But another take I had for this college football season, and obviously I didn't talk about it as much here on the show, but TCU felt like a pullback team. They lost their offensive coordinator, their quarterback, and their star wide receiver. And guess what? They looked like a team that was trying to work in a new offense and a new quarterback. And they had uh, some moments where they weren't quite as good. Had some moments where they were good. But this is not the TCU team of last year. Their win total is 7.5. I thought they'd be a 7-8 win team. Is going on the road and putting up 45 points in a win over a 7-8 win Big 12 team still mighty impressive? You bet your rear end it is. Absolutely. Does it make you a conference contender in my view in the Pac-12? No. Because here's the flip side of the coin. Colorado had two, not one, but two interceptions inside the five-yard line in this game. One was an amazing play by Travis Hunter, and one was a good play by another safety whose name is uh, is eluding me right now. Uh, I'm going to try to find it because he deserves his credit just like everybody else, Trevor Woods. Trevor Woods had the interception. Guy looked like he was open. Morris never saw him. Woods came over, picked it off, and saved seven points. But that's two drives that went down and ended up turning the ball over with it being caught by Colorado inside the five yard line. And they still allowed 42 points. So back to where we were framing the discussion for Colorado going into this season, what did we think? Well, I see skill position pieces but I don't know about the offensive line. They couldn't run the football. Better in pass pro than we thought, but they couldn't run the football. And yeah, I just don't know about the defense and everything. 42 points, and you're not going to get two red zone turnovers a game, you might not get two more red zone turnovers that deep and that close to the end zone all season long. You might get a couple, but you can't rely on that. So there is there is a defensive unit here in Colorado that can clearly be exploited. I was not impressed with Chandler Morris at all, and he's still in this game tallied up 279 yards passing and TCU ran for seven yards of carry and 262 yards total. So if you're jumping on the Colorado could win the big, could win the Pac-12 this year. No, I'm not, I'm not there. I'm on the, Hey, bowl eligible. I could see it. I could absolutely see it. I had them going into Tempe and losing to Arizona state. I wouldn't pick that right now. I was on the radio broadcast for Southern Utah for ASU's game on Thursday. ASU looked terrible. Colorado didn't look terrible. I'd flip my pick right now if that game was tomorrow. We'll see what happens when the time comes. But I think that this is a Colorado team that can get bowl eligible. That can be a six, maybe seven win team. But do I see them magically, like, not able to run the football and not able to get stops consistently? And allowed over 40 points a game newsflash if you allow over 40 points a game you're not going to win that many football games i know they scored a lot but here's the thing all the same people who might want to say you know oh colorado's gonna do this that and the other thing how do you feel about usc i hope you aren't in the category of usc can't win the pac-12 because of their defense hope that's not you because that wouldn't be a good look but the defense still has to get better. Yeah, Travis Hunter is great, but what else did they have? Seven yards a carry and 42 points. If you're allowing those sorts of numbers in the Pac-12, guess what? There are a lot of teams in the Pac-12 better than TCU, who's a good football team, by the way. Make no mistake about it. But would I pick TCU to be a contender in the Pac-12 this season? Absolutely not. Would I pick them to be a good team in the Pac-12? Sure, I'd pick them to be good, Solid. But I would not pick them to be a contender. So I don't buy Colorado as being a Pac-12 contender because I look at them and say, there's still too many things. Maybe they'll improve. Maybe it'll be better. We'll watch Nebraska next week. That's why we love the season. That's why we love seeing games play out on the field rather than simply and only talking about them on paper. But that's fun to do too. There are still questions there. It's not a conference championship team. But could it be a bowl team? If you can score a lot of points, yeah, you can be a bowl team. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. Be back here on Monday. Enjoy the football. And until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.